This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. LSU, 25th-ranked LSU and 8th-ranked Tennessee clash in Tiger Stadium. In Death Valley, 11 a.m. kickoff. Wilson Alexander covers LSU for the Advocate Times-Picayune. Wilson, how are you? I'm doing well. How are y'all this evening? Good. You looking forward to this 11 a.m. kickoff? <laughs> um, I'll say this. I'm looking forward to being able to watch the night games later, uh, but it's a bit disappointing that we don't get to uh, bop around campus all day and enjoy the atmosphere a little bit longer. Wilson, uh, Brian Kelly said, hey, the passing game has to get better. What are their options? How can they improve? And why can't they get the ball to Keyshawn Boutte? It's a multi-layered issue. It goes back to Jaden Daniels needs to be more aggressive throwing downfield, test those tighter windows, give his receivers a chance. He's been trying at times. I mean, we've seen him make some deep shots, but it just has not worked. And so he's got to get that part's got to get going. Um, the receivers also have to actually bring down the ball. They had six drops in the Auburn game, which according to Pro Football Focus was the most in an SEC game this season. And Malik Neighbors said yesterday when we spoke to him, they've got to be a lot cleaner coming out of their breaks, just run, have better footwork, run better routes. And also maybe a little bit play calling too. Brian Kelly said that needs to be assessed just to make sure LSU's coaches are doing everything they can to put the guys in the right position. But it just kind of comes back to this idea of just being aggressive. Riley said Monday, we're way too conservative right now. LSU needs to push the ball downfield and try to take those shots instead of being a little bit timid uh, on the offensive side. Now, Wilson, uh, I think you'd agree with this. Uh, Look at Tennessee's offense, very prolific, considering what they lead the FBS in total yards, uh, right at 559 yards and second in passing. Uh, basically, if you round that off, 366. But I'm looking at scoring offense, 48 and a half points. You might say, well, it, you look at their opponents and who they play. And uh, Hooker, you know, he was a preseason second team all SEC selection. So I would say right now that uh, this is a game you would not want to get off to a slow start. You know, a 13 point deficit to Mississippi State, then early 17 point deficit uh, to Auburn. If that occurs, uh, that wouldn't bode well, even though you're playing at home in, in, in Tiger Stadium. LSU's done a great job this season of, of those second-half comebacks. It almost worked against Florida State, too. You know, They're a point away from an overtime and maybe even being 5-0. Right? But Brian Kelly said earlier this week exactly what you're talking about, fight and determination. The qualities that are really good to have aren't going to solely get it done when they go up against the Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, Alabama, these teams that – um, of course, Florida's on the road, and that's what makes that one in particularly difficult. But those other three teams have some offenses that can score, and Tennessee in particular. I mean, the passing offense is, is prolific. And in Hooker and that has got that rolling in year two with him and Josh Heupel. And LSU, 
which has not been successful in the first half, is going to have a lot harder time trying to come back in the second half if it's going up against Tennessee, if it's down 17 nothing, 21 nothing, even 14 nothing. That's a lot taller task against a team like Tennessee that can score. It's vulnerable on the defensive side, and an LSU might be able to take advantage of it, but that's just a lot harder to do against an offense like, like that instead of one against like Auburn. Now, uh, Wilson, what is uh, your take, uh, I think, uh, looking at the Vols' defense, uh, that uh, you'd say at times are imposing uh, front seven, not so much on the back end. Now, looking at edge rusher and, and Young, uh, and, and, and Byron Young, uh, I mean, I think he can get after you. Uh, and then, you know, look, at they only give it up basically uh, on the 100 yards, 98 yards rushing a game. Uh, they're holding teams only 28% on third down. But this is ridiculous. Uh, and that's why I think uh, not so much, uh, not so fast, I should say, about uh, the Tennessee Vols and their expectations. In this day and age, you can't be 128th out of 131 teams as far as pass defense, basically giving up uh, 309 yards a game. That, to me, I, I, that's troubling. Uh, now, it might work against LSU uh, if you were in a shootout-type game, but uh, and considering LSU only threw for 80-some yards against uh, uh, Auburn, but uh, I don't know. We should have p- success passing against them, but I still don't think we could be in like a 30-some to 30-something type game. No, that, that, that secondary that Tennessee has could be really like the great equalizer in this game if LSU is able to take advantage of it. I mean, Tennessee's without starting corner Warren Burrell. He's out for the year now, and that was already a secondary, like you said, that was leaky at best. I mean, Anthony Richardson, Florida quarterback, had not thrown for over 168 yards in three games. And then he goes up against Tennessee. And while some of this was, you know, late in the game, trying to come back, having to throw the ball, he ends up throwing for 453 yards and two touchdowns, uh, best game of the season against Tennessee. And that pass defense is is vulnerable. Now the question becomes, can LSU take advantage of it? Um, Because like you said, threw for 85 yards against Auburn. um, And that was a sudden drop-off. And it would be surprising if it was that bad again. um, Because they had been at least, like, you know, serviceable in the short to intermediate routes and, and moving the ball to some degree. Um, not necessarily that that bad, uh, for lack of a better term. And so if LSU can take advantage of that, then then this becomes a, a certainly a winnable game. But it has to be able to do that um, regardless of where that score. If it gets up into the 30s or not, uh, it, it's got to be able to throw the ball uh, to take advantage of that weakness in the Tennessee secondary. Now, uh, Wilson, I, I'm looking at, uh, obviously, uh, you know, whenever you finish uh, plus three in the turnover margin, uh, like, hell yeah, you should win the game. Uh, but the one area, and um, I don't know if Coach addressed this, but uh, and this is where I, I think it goes at all levels, high school, college, professional. I know uh, definitely in the NFL this was emphasized that, uh, look, LSU committed 10 penalties for 96 yards, both uh, season highs. And uh, I remember Coach Martin telling us, like, nine penalties or more, if you just do that, are like 100 yards. That's like giving up a touchdown. So uh, that's something. What did Coach Kelly say maybe about uh, the, or did anyone bring up about uh, the number of penalties they had against Auburn? He, talked to, he mentioned the penalties on special teams, how LSU's got to get that cleaned up. Because that's where I think four of the penalties were in the first half on special teams. And LSU has been penalized this season already on special teams. I mean, they had the penalty that wiped out Jack Besh's punt return for a touchdown against New Mexico because of the penalty on special teams. And it's been kind of an issue throughout the year. Uh, that has to get cleaned up. You know, Brian Kelly also said that you know, some of that's effort. He can live with the effort. But 
that they've got to get that stuff cleaned up on special teams. Some of the other issues, I mean, you also had procedural penalties early against uh, Mississippi State, and that was part of what got the offense off track early against Mississippi State. So, yeah, they got to get that stuff cleaned up. But he didn't maybe make too big of a deal of it because Auburn was also penalized a lot in that game, which, you know, you don't want to be comparing yourself like, oh, well, they also got penalized, you know. But it was something that hadn't, outside of special teams, hadn't been as much of a problem. Uh, it's really on the special team side. They've got to play a lot cleaner football. Now, Wilson, what is your take? Can Tennessee handle success? Obviously, I look at all the number of coaching changes that they've had um, recently. I mean, they're number eight in the AP poll uh, with the school's highest ranking since it was number seven back in 2006. And then now they come in the Tiger Stadium. I can remember that crazy game with T-Bob and <laughs> with Tennessee. <laughs> they don't have a play called, and T-Bob sees the clock's going down, and then he just snaps it. And it was so, like, re- reverse uh, psychology where it was like, okay, uh, Tennessee got so confused, Coach Dooley, that they ended up having too many guys in the field. I just expect something might happen crazy again against Tennessee come uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, it's kind of wild that these teams haven't played in Tiger Stadium since then. Of course, LSU Tennessee played again in 2011, a year later. But, you know, they've had some pretty uh, interesting games back in 2000, you know, big LSU Tennessee game uh, in Tiger Stadium that LSU won and kind of got the Nick Saban era off to – you know, kind of that big first big win. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens, whether or not Tennessee can handle that. They've, they, you know, this is a team that we've seen before. Everybody got excited about Tennessee. Oh, are they back? You know, about maybe five, six years ago, 2016, I think, with Butch Jones, and then they just fell off the off the right. This looks like a bit of a maybe more sustainable team because of what Josh Heupel is able to do offensively, the way he's able to scheme, and the kind of quarterback that Hendon Hooker has been. Um, but it, yeah, these teams when they have played, obviously it hasn't been much recently. It's gotten pretty wild. Uh, I'm sure T. Bob's gotten yeah. <laughs> uh, asked, been asked a lot about that game this week. I know I asked him about it too, and so um, it'll be hopefully for everybody's sake it doesn't come down to quite that kind of an ending. But right. I think everybody in Baton Rouge would be pretty happy if, at the end of the night it's 16-14 LSU, regardless of how it looks. Now, uh, Wilson, uh, what do you make of because um, it can go either way? Uh, a players only meeting, like oh no, there's like total chaos or. Uh, you know, we, we got to circle the wagons. Uh, you know, there's a lot of adversity, but a player's only meeting. A lot of times you could put things uh, out in the open. Coaches aren't around, and players might be more open one-on-one. But, but what is your take on that? Uh, and that's uh, Daniels calling, like, uh, my understanding, uh, Jay Daniels, a uh, player's only meeting. What's your take on that? Yeah, sometimes I think we all maybe make too much of a players-only meeting and think, like, oh, gosh, this guy's probably falling because they call it a players-only meeting. In this case, it was really – okay, we had – as explained to us yesterday by Jaden Daniels and Malik Neighbors, Jaden Daniels initiated this coming out of that Auburn game, but the receivers and the quarterbacks felt together as a collective group that they were all responsible for that game. And they understood what Brian Kelly was talking about Monday, that the way they played against Auburn while they won wasn't going to be sustainable. And I think it was really much a lot of, okay, we need to get build, work on the trust that we have between each other. Quarterbacks got to trust the receivers. Receivers got to trust the quarterback. We've got to be able to expand this passing game in order to have success the rest of the year and, and meet the goals that they, they have for themselves. And so it's kind of like, okay, let's nip this in the bud now. Let's talk about it. Let's figure out and make sure we're all on the same page and just have those kind of discussions and setting, instead of letting anything fester. When you have a game like 85 yards passing against Auburn, something's wrong. And so let's talk, I think they wanted to talk about it build that trust, work on those discussions with each other. And they said that they felt like it was starting to make some improvements when they were in practicing on Tuesday. Um, Malik Neighbors was really excited already about the game plan that they're putting together for Tennessee. So we'll see if it ends up really working. But I think it was a lot of just like, okay, 
this didn't work against Auburn. We have been struggling a little bit throughout the year to get the ball downfield. Let's talk about it so that we make sure we can try to make those strides together. Now, uh, Wilson, uh, before we let you run, uh, I'm going to read this text to you. and I want your opinion more on top of it. Um, I know it's always a production business, uh, and he has a lot of upside. This individual, 0266, says, Why does Mason Taylor continue to escape any criticism because he drops a lot of passes and he can't block? So, I mean, uh, you know, that's a guy. You can see the athleticism there, and uh, I think he can have a very promising career. But uh, do you agree with that assessment or that text? Uh, why does Mason Taylor continue to escape any criticism because he drops a lot of passes and he can't block? Well, he, I don't know if he's necessarily escaped criticism. <laughs> There's been a lot of, of critiques of Mason Taylor this week in particular, and deservedly so. I mean, he dropped two passes that while he had to stretch a little bit for one in particular against Auburn, if the ball hits your hands, you got to bring it in. Um, Mason Taylor's been playing a lot because of Brian Kelly. I mean, think back to the preseason compared him to like Brock Bowers. And, and he's not Brock Bowers at this point in his career, not going to have the freshman that Brock Bowers had. But they're really high on what he could bring in the future. You know, this is an offense that needs – that thinks it needs to have a tight end on the field. And right now they trust Mason Taylor. Like you said, though, he hasn't been a productive blocker. And so it's kind of interesting that LSU hasn't tried to do something else um, when it needs a run blocking tight end on the field. Um, but and also, he, you know, he's asked Jaden yesterday, like his Mason is part of the reason he's getting open because he's running a lot of these underneath routes, sort of the safety blanket. And he said part of that is maybe a little bit, but also just he trusts Mason. He thinks that Mason's doing a, continue to get better as he gets older. You know, he's got to learn some things, Jaden said, but um, they like him as a freshman. Um, he doesn't need to be their leading target, though, target getter, though, like, like he, I think he was against Auburn, and um, I think he's number two in targets this season. So um, they just like where he's maybe headed. Um, but right now, yeah, he, he needs to play better and bring the balls in that are uh, thrown to him because that is kind of his best asset, asset is his fluidity as a route runner and, and able to, to be that security blanket. He's got to be able to execute in that role. Wilson Alexander, thank you so much for the time. Covers LSU for the Advocate Times Picking. Great insight as always, Wilson. Thanks, Wilson. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 